on the Rebel Sports Network. From Learfield, this is the Marcus Arroyo Show, brought to you by Fenley Chevrolet. Fenley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dos Equis, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a Dos. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. This is your home for the UNLV Rebels. Now, here are your hosts, Caleb Herring and the voice of the Rebels, Russ Langer. Oh, thank you very much for joining us today for the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Russ Langer with Caleb Herring and Mr. Steve Cofield joined by UNLV head football coach Marcus Arroyo. Rebels coming off a bye week, but they're back at it this Saturday, a 4 o'clock p.m. start at brand-new Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego. Rebels 4-4 four and four taking on the Aztecs of San Diego State, who are also 4-4. Four and four. Coach, how was your Halloween? It was good. It was good. Real good. Got some time uh, spent with the fam, so that's always, uh, always a good time during the season. All right. Discuss, if you would, uh, let's start with this, the importance of sometimes taking a step back, taking a breather, utilizing at least part of the bye week to allow players and staff to briefly move away from each other and take a break from the usual routine. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a huge believer. I'm an absolute believer of that stuff. Um, you know, breaking breaking routine and avoiding kind of the danger that that we all know is kind of inherent in all of us is that that monotony that that catches up after you've done something. Shoot, we've been in this since what July, end of July now, and doing this every day. Uh, that that those type of things. I mean, I, I don't know what anyone else has done for you know, three months straight without a break. It just, those things are, those things are unavoidable sometimes. So I think unplugging and disconnecting, um, being able to clear your mind, reset. Uh, I mean, shoot, even our computers sometimes ask if they want to, they want a hard reset, man. And uh, I think just <laughs> moving away sometimes is important. I mean, it, it increases our clarity, our focus. I think the other thing that we, we do is we, we plan out, you know, we still, we don't, we don't lose our, you know, we don't lose all our organization. I think that's an important piece that I think, I've always believed in is there's taking a break and completely just going on vacation and not having to worry about nothing, which I don't do well. Uh, <laughs> then there's taking an organized break where you got a little bit of plan and you kind of forecast to the guys kind of how to do it. And 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 I think what that does it kind of builds some intrinsic motivation, gives me a chance to kind of refuel the fire in the right way and uh, make sure guys are engaged and kind of remind themselves why they're doing it, what they're doing it for. And uh, that's kind of what we utilize it for. Any changes, Coach, with regard to the bye week having to do with practice? Changes in routine there at all? Yeah, our bye week routine is, is different, of course. It's, uh, you know, we took, it depends when it falls. The second, you know, we had that bye week in the beginning of the season after week one. That was a chance for us to get some more camp going and get some more things, uh, some more chemistry and time and pads and tackling. Now you're into week, you know, week number nine, you're towards the end of the season. And that's, we're not in full pads. We're in spiders. We're in a, you know, an hour and a half, we're in a 90 minute practice. that's fast. That's got more fundamentals to it. Uh, you're against each other and really working on some core stuff. Uh, you're not really just already dove completely into the next opponent. Cause I think that can, that can wear you out if you do that for two weeks uh, mentally. Um so yeah, I mean that's a, it's definitely different. We take take a few days there with Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and gave them off Friday. Uh, they had a lift, and Saturday they had a run, and then uh, their regular day off was Sunday. And they come back Sunday night. So we've had we've had a chance to unplug, get get clear, and get fired up. And with regard to the importance, as you point out, of decompressing with the bye week to some degree, what about for you personally? Are you able to unplug at least temporarily and reset? 
I mean, candidly, that's probably a, you know, <laughs> not very good. I've gotten better as I hear Steve laughing in the background. Um, I've got, I've improved. I was with some coaching from home and some coaching from friends and family and some, some older coaches and mentors. I, I've improved for sure. Um, cause I know that it's, it's really important. I've gotten better too, as I've gotten ki- had kids and, and realize the importance there. Um, but I do think it is really important. I told the coaches on Thursday to get out of here. Like, I don't want to see you. I'll probably be around doing some stuff because I can't avoid it, but I don't want to see you around the building. I'd be like a, a Paul Blart mall cop around here and locking the doors. And uh, everyone was gone, man. It got out. Some guys went on the road and saw some guys that were really important for us recruiting. Um, but a lot of guys, I said, go home, see your family, see your kids, go take your wife to dinner, do whatever you got to do. Get away from here for a little bit, clear your brain. And when we get back, uh, boots on and in the saddle, it's, we got to ride. Yeah, it sounded like the players were definitely dialed in to you know to go back to what they did during the break because they didn't have many stories of uh, you know kind of jerking around or doing stuff on the side. I talked to uh, Darius Johnson and Tiger Shanks, and we saw the Monday press conference with Kyle Beaudry, and all of them said, "Hey, you know what? We, we're focused. We get a little bit of time off, but essentially, it's an extended game week." And I think that's probably good to hear in terms of the focus because this is the biggest point of the season. Yeah, I mean, and if you, I think our, we've done a good job. That's really probably, um, you know, a tribute to the culture, Steve. I think that we've got a, a group that understands how to take breaks now a little bit better than maybe when we first got here or places that, that don't know each other well or places that don't have uh, any structure or accountability. And I think this group has developed within the, our locker room to each other. Um, you know, and there's always you're always coaching. I mean, you're always, you're always being a mentor, too. I, I, I reminded them, hey, man, there's just a lot of things that can – it can really hurt a team in, a, in an off time, especially, I mean, shoot, our bye week fell on Halloween weekend, you know, and there's a lot of things that, and I like Halloween. I, I don't I tell guys not to celebrate Halloween. They just understood that they're just got to make the right decisions. And a lot of times you can't, you can't take into account someone else. You can't take account the outside forces and you got to be smart and, and respectful and, and, and make sure you're doing right by both the, the name on the front of your Jersey and the name on the back. And um, I think that those guys have, have matured in that regard. You must've watched some college football, right? On Saturday. I did. I did. I, I tell you what, this is, this is the honest guy truth. So like when days like that happen, I'm like, I'm watching every game. Like I'm, I got four TVs on, I got the iPad. I'm like, I'm going to watch everything. Then you get home and the dog, the kids, I got to clean the yard. There's dirt. I mean, then I watch like a half or like, you know, four hours. And I'm, I'm like, man, I didn't watch nothing today. I actually felt pretty good. Uh, <laughs> You know, I didn't shower. I was didn't chant. I was like four o'clock. I'd eaten like once. I'm like, man, this is. I need to go back to work. This is hard around the house. So, uh, I did. I, I did watch a bunch of ball though. I, we had you know Friday the Friday night games. You got to see. I uh, got to see rec- some recruiting film, which was really good, and spent some time diving into recruit film. But then I got to see a bunch of games that were that I that I got to take uh, so, some lessons back from. And I think I try to find a little piece that I can always share with the team on some things that happen on and off the field that I think are can give us some 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 time together with it and probably the most important one was san diego state and fresno state and you know san diego state has a relatively new quarterback in maiden we're going to get to san diego state a little later in the show but uh jake hayner's back for fresno that becomes a different team yeah that was a great game to watch i mean that's you know i, I think everyone knows it it's it's when you get get certain guys back into the chemistry and roles of certain teams jake being a guy for fresno has been there for so long he's got so many snaps he's got so much chemistry uh, you know, he's so well-versed in the offense. Uh, you can just see how, how different things look. And, uh, you know, on the other side, you can see a guy who they found at quarterback who started to take some strides and they believe in him and doing some good things that are really hard. And, and, and uh, that's how football goes, you know, and that's, that's the reality of it and, and at our level and watching the NFL as, as well. 
Coach, I want to touch on something you said earlier about the, the difference in practice and where things are at this point with the bye week and being in spiders and uh, trying to you know maintain and not doing so much physical stuff. Um, how difficult it, is it for a team to adjust and learn how to practice when you try to dial the notch back as a coaching staff and say, hey, we're going to preserve your legs or not be as physical in practice, but to still make those reps count? I know that's a, a learning experience for the players, right? Yeah, I know you're speaking from experience because that's a you're in a, that's a grad course question there, I, and I, I that's awesome because you you got it. You actually teach your team how to practice a certain way when you're off because um, I mean, candidly, we, we did not know how to practice our style the way that I believe in doing it when we take our pads off when we first got here. There was no understanding of how to play fast and play together and not go to the ground and to play tag. And tag, not tag like the game, but the, the, the tempo of a practice with no pads is called tag. We, we need to get in a functional position on defense to where we're in the proper technique without tackling, but full speed with the right, with the right engagement and the right intent. And that takes a lot of work. So you practice so you can have practices like that in a bye week. Early on when you don't have that, if you don't have that skill set developed within your program, your bye weeks or your practice without pads, I mean, you start just beating your head against the wall as a coach. You're like, man, we cannot practice without pads because we're just on the ground or we don't know how to, we're out of, we're out of a fit or we don't know how to bend and work fast. We're all over each other. And uh, so it does. It, a bye week takes time to practice that way. The reason I say I can say we can go spiders now is because we've done it. We did it camp. We've done it from last year when our first year fully together and how to practice that way. They did it in um, the off season together. So it, it absolutely is a developed trick. Uh, you said something also about uh, having this organized. It's a bye week, but it's it's a time off, but it's organized time off. And I would assume a part of that organization is gathering or getting prepared for where you're going to send people for recruiting or what you're going to do with this bye week as a coaching staff as far as recruiting goes. And I, I've always been interested in that aspect of college coaching because that's something that maybe you don't have to worry about at the next level um, or even at the high school level. Um, how do you cast that net? How do you target your recruits or your prospects so that you can send guys to the right places and maximize this bye week effectively? Well, I mean, that starts when we, that started, you know, good recruiting starts before you're in. It starts the year before, even two years before when you're gathering, you know, we've got now in the building for the first full year, we've got now platforms and information systems and services. Now we've got them all organized, how I'm accustomed to having them. We've got a full recruiting department that have three heads to it. And then a whole bunch of help, um, albeit student assistants, GAs that build out these databases for us while coaches are coaching. And when we need to kick over real fast for say at a day or a night or a bye week or a couple of days on the road, we've got all that built out, the film, the eval, the tough questions. And then you got to get out and you got to make it, you know, the, 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 the pros to being out live like that for casting your net, or we get out, you get to see guys live and being a live eval for us is, is a critical, that is an absolute priority because seeing someone in person seeing someone in warmups, talking to someone's champion at their schools, talking to a parent on the phone, talking to a coach in color. There are so many things you can find out. I mean, if someone shadowed you guys to work, they'd know more things about you than if they just pulled up your bio or watched some film of you on, on online. It, and it's, if they wrote it all out for it, some of us might be like, man, I can't believe I actually do that. But, um, you know, you just, there's so many things that you can get and I, but it does have to be really organized, Caleb. It, it can be overwhelming at times um, because there is a lot, if you're not organized, it just hits you like a tidal wave. And I think the only thing right now that's the moving target is the transfer portal because it's just added a layer, you know, and it changes daily. So 
and that's internally and externally. What I mean by that is, so I talk to the recruiting department not only about, okay, who's live and who's on our target board, who's live now today or the last couple of days in the, in the transfer portal. And then internally, do we have any, do we have any bubble guys that we feel may be on the fringe of a flight risk? Meaning, and, and I don't, I'm candidly say that because everybody in the country is thinking about it. You got a guy who you think may get, may leave. If you do, you got to talk through how that whole situation goes. Pluses, minuses, where do we go with it? What's the number? What's the, I mean, it's roster management to the 10th degree. It's just not as organized in the NFL because there's no, there's no true barriers on it yet. The barriers are coming up, but uh, there's a lot to it. I don't mean to be that extensive with it, but there, but there's a lot, Caleb. Um, and, and we take it seriously and, and I love it because it's, it's how it's the lifeblood of your program, man. The Marcus Arroyo Radio Show rolls on. Rebel fans, Lake Mead is at historic lows. Change your watering clock to your three assigned days per week until the end of the assigned period. It's the law. Find your fall mandatory watering days at snwa.com. That's snwa.com. We invite you to stay with us. Much more with UNLV head football coach Marcus Arroyo. Rebels in action in San Diego this Saturday at 4 o'clock against San Diego State. We'll take a break and come right back. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Along with Steve Cofield and Caleb Herring, I'm Russ Langer as the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show rolls on. This Saturday, 4 o'clock, a big one. Two, four, and four teams go at it. Rebels at San Diego State in the new stadium there called Snapdragon Stadium. The friendly staff at Pueblo Medical Imaging is eager to take care of all your radiology needs. And they offer same-day, next-day availability. With top-of-the-line, state-of-the-art equipment, they're open seven days a week with early morning and evening appointments to accommodate all patient schedules. Pueblo Medical Imaging. Coach, picking up where we left off, talking about the recruiting uh, process, and you mentioned one of the the new frontiers of college football these days, the transfer portal, um, and how that affects the game. How much do you think... If you could project out the NIL deals and the current players on college rosters, how much of an impact do you think they'll have going forward in the recruiting process, if any? Yeah, I think the, uh, you know, the NIL piece, um, you know, we talked about transfer portal, the NIL piece with the expanding roles, both, you know, like current players and, and um, you know, and new players, that's, it's affecting. I mean, it's such a, a dimension for us that's that's changing daily and um i think there's a ton of advantages to it um i mean the formations of the collectives and the schools that are really embracing the fact that this is real are making a difference and, it, and it's not going anywhere. it's here to stay and i think that um you know we've embraced it and i think that it's not only affecting current players caleb but because the guys who are here and that's really important because that's what i talk about when i talk about the retention of keeping your your roster but then the new players coming in want to know what is the current deals? What's the current forecast for deals? What's the collectives? Like they want, they know all this stuff now and they're, and they're managed by, and they're, and I say managed, there's usually with some people, they've got some questions because they've got it from other schools and other collectives. Hey, what, how much, what is this? What's their deal? You know, can we see an example of some of the, the terms of this? I mean, it's a, it's crazy, man. It's uh but I think we, we've been aggressive. We've been advantageous with it. I, I've, I've really had to, um, I've really tried to say, Hey, this is something we want to embrace and try to grow with because I think it has such advantages again, especially in our city and the place we're at and, um, how much of a belief I've gotten. I think the profile of your school will be magnified as this continues to grow. I think the connectivity with the, with the, with the city and the, and the sponsors and the people around your program can get closer to you. Um, and we can embrace that and we can magnify and amplify their stuff. 
I think the team building stuff and the ability to take team, you know, now we can do some of these NIL deals are, you know, the team, the players are taking groups to these places to go eat together more often because they can, because a restaurant wants a deal with this guy. And he's like, I got to bring my own lineman. And then I think that you've already, you already hit it, the recruiting and retention. So it is a, it is a huge piece of what's going on uh, globally on, in our, in our world. Yeah, things have changed a lot since the VHS VHS tapes I used to send out. Um, I, I, <laughs> I imagine the mailing room is a little cleaner without that being piled up. Um, but it, it's it's fascinating to look at this. I, but I do think that there is still some old school mentality um, when it comes to closing deals out, and that's the personal touch of being in the living room, like you said, the value of in person visits and things like that. So I'm going to ask you probably the toughest question I have to answer today: Who on your oh. staff? is the closer like you you're trying to land this recruit you're trying to get him you're right there who are you sending to that living room to seal the deal who's the closer me <laughs> i guess i should I mean, see that coming <laughs> you, did you tee that up for me or what i, I definitely um, teed it up for you coach no I, I i i like recruiting you guys know that um i i just really i embrace it i think it's really important i think that the connection is important um, and I say that jokingly, but I said that we've got, first of all, I hired a staff as you put together a staff in today's coaching world in college football, if you're not thinking about, and, and some guys don't, some guys are just all football. And I, I know that exists. I trust me. I've been this in a long time. I have seen it. I've been part of it, but there's our belief. I was, I had a few to hire guys who were, who were comfortable, committed and can recruit because it's your lifeblood. I mean, look at the turnover in our roster in just a calendar year. Cause of the ability we've had to, to integrate good players, good people, and sell kind of our formula and sell our city, sell our build, sell what we do offensively, defensively, and special teams, sell our culture, sell our weight room. Um, you know, I just think that that's – I think our whole staff is, is made of guys, that, and they know that going into it. I mean, they know. They're, they're, if you walked in the staff room during a meeting and, we, and, and recruiting's not mentioned, they're like, man, we, what, what happened? What's going on? We, was, is we are not recruited today or what's going on? So um, especially right now, we start getting towards the end of the, end of the season now. You, you, the pace may be a little different with some of the scholastic kids because you've got this recruiting portal. You've got to, you might be able to balance your roster a little bit different with some guys who or, or are going to be older guys who are in the portal, which you haven't had a chance to, you can't see, you know, you're trying to find film, you know? Um, so, I mean, closing's a big deal, man. The ability to go in a house and, and have a real conversation with anybody from, from California to Florida and, and all economic gender backgrounds and, 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 Whatever it may be, that is a uh, a skill that I think a lot of the, uh, the coaches got to have, and and that uh, I think is is kind of just more worldly in regards to just being able to look someone in the eye and have a conversation with them. Coach, earlier we touched on um, the importance of decompressing, taking a break during the bye week for everybody, you, the players, the staff. But once it's time to kick it back into gear, uh, how do you go about re- recreating the sense of urgency and kickstarting that among the players after a bye week? Yeah, so we kind of touched on that um, a little bit, Russ. I, th- I, I am a believer in planning that out. So here's like an example. So like when we go into a bye week, the, one of the first meetings we have in a bye week is I show them the kind of the calendar of like the next like seven days. And I think that I do that with a lot of stuff for us because I like guys have a little bit of a snapshot without getting – I like to zoom out just enough to where everyone in the program has got an idea of where we're going, basically a roadmap. And, and I think that on a bye week – Guys understand, okay, what do we got to get it done right here? Um, and what do we got to do for a self-scout? What are we going to do to make sure we got a good snapshot of ourselves? 
what are we going to do in the middle of this bye week to get better? What's our improvement goals? Give you know, there's usually about two or three things I've got on the list. Say, hey, here's here's what we're going to get better on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then hey, here's your here's your here's time you're going to unplug and you're going to get out of here. And I don't want to see you. I don't want to see your face. I want to talk to you. Get out of here. We're going to get out of here. And then when you get back, here's our plan. I show them like that day or the next day because here's what's coming. And that's the last time I'll really show them a forecast. Now that we're in it. It's one and oh. It's when it's when Wednesday. Today was red zone, third down, and two minute, and we've got a lift, and we've got tape and weigh, and we got nutrition, we got meetings tonight. Like that's the only thing we talked about all day. And we're all we're talking about San Diego State. No one cares about anything else going on now because it doesn't matter. And if we win, we stack those things up, and guys know that you stack some practices, man. The score will take care of itself. And I think there's been great energy. Guys have been recharged. They know, they know what we're about to what kind of what kind of action we're about to go into, and uh, they've been excited about it. So I think just planning that out, giving a calendar, giving a routine, setting the tone. I mean, I'm the chief energy officer of this thing, man. So I, there's no days off when it comes to that. Set the tones, kind of what you got to get done for, for the stretch run. Coach, uh, explain if you would. I want to talk about specifically the offensive line and the possibility of Doug Brumfield's return this week. And how does that, how would that return affect the nuts and bolts operation of the O-line? Well, I, I don't, you know, Doug doesn't play a line, as we know. So that 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 in itself, and I know that's not what you mean. But I think more than anything is is everyone knows this is just when the chemistry of a guy who's had that much time with the O line, and you know the voice inflection, the influence he's got, the communication, the protections, the timing, kind of knowing where he's at in the pocket. Um, you know, I think there's just a there's just a feel back there, and I think it's just those mind numbing reps of. I mean, again. You, you know, the, the number of times Doug's been back there and they've heard his voice and clap since July or better yet, since last December when we started all over and uh, it's just, it's just so minor. It's almost second nature in a lot of ways. So that's what I talk about when it comes to chemistry. So I think his ability to be back out there with those guys is, is, is good um, because I think just the, the comfort level and the chemistry they've built over the, over the time. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, Lee Fontenot, the center who, I think is, he struggled a little bit the last couple of games with the uh, the combination of uh, Bailey and Freel in there. Did say on Monday at the press conference that Brumfield does make things a little easier for him. Doug takes some of his responsibilities onto his plate. Can you explain what you know the increased responsibilities of Leaf when some of the other guys are in there at quarterback? Well, you know, we ask our center to, to dictate a lot of what we do. Um, very similar to, to many people in the country I know, and definitely guys on Sundays. Is, is he dictates a lot of stuff we do, and that can be there's a lot. That's a big task. Um, we ask him to do a lot. He's got to communicate tempos, fronts, he's uh, run run schemes, pass protections, all that stuff. He's that guy there. So, in our system, if the center, the center, and the quarterback dictate everything from 100 yards long to 53 and a half yards wide, those two got to be on the same page. When it's a run front, a run check, a package play, a protection check, all of that stuff goes through those two guys. And when they're all tied together or one may, you know, one may be one page, one's the other, and the other one can correct the other one, it's a great deal. Well, that just takes time together. And so I think Leaf is, uh, Leaf's attributing the fact they've been together a long time for changing certain things like that, and they're accustomed to it. And the other two guys are still trying to think, okay, who am I throwing? You know, I need some time with this guy. I need some time with that guy. Let me make sure I've got a good game plan here with myself and and maybe not be as clean with Leaf. So, um, again, that's just time together. It's just it, – it's really it's, – it's amazing what happens when you just believe in the continuity of time and, and the progression together in a process of, of building it and what happens when, the, when that happens. Doug's return is also – this is the psychological side of it that I want to kind of question is – because of the way that Doug kind of separated himself early this season with the way he played and 
uh, the team's belief in him as the leader of the team, not just from an offensive standpoint, but from a team standpoint. What do you think it does um, just to see that guy suiting back up for practice or for the game, uh, knowing that he's available? What does it do for the rest of the guy's mentality and how they approach the game? Yeah, I mean, it's just a belief, you know, it's a belief that, that Doug is going to, you know, Doug has started well this season of doing some things that have put us in position as we all saw when, when we're got our, when we got a full clip and we, our guys are out there, we're tough to stop now, but, but there's a drop off in between. And that's probably pretty, pretty standard for, you know, being in the, and in, in, in not too far into our, our, our program build. But I think that when he's out there, there's a sense of like, wow, we know what can get done right here. We know what timing they've got together. We know what kind of plays he can extend. We know that he's got this progression down pat with this guy because he's done it so many times. And there's like, oh, it's one of those deals where it's the anticipation. It's like, oh, you're calling that play? Here it comes. I know where this is going. When the other part is, okay, I don't know if this guy's thrown to that guy, how many times he's run this concept versus coverage. And you're like, well, I think it'll be there, but we're going to see if these guys can get it done. You know, And I think that there's just no different than anything we've all been part of before. When you've been in a group a long time, you just – when certain guys have, have got that, that chemistry and timing and that belief and you've seen it, and you believe it, it becomes anticipatory. And they're like, all right, we, here we go, because uh, we, we've seen it come to life. And, um, and that's all awesome, because that's where we wanted to be at this time. And I think um, we've still done some good things as we fought along. But um, it'll be good to get back in, in the swing. It'll take a minute. It'll be some rust a little bit, I'm sure. But uh, it's just good to have that feel and belief back together, no different than kind of what we talked about with those those other teams in our conference. Time for our next time out on the Marcus Oreo Radio Show. A reminder to up your gym game at EOS Fitness, a proud partner of UNLV. Join today for as low as $9.99 per month. Come visit online or join at joineos.com. Joineos.com. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. And we'll take a break and come back on the other side with a lot more of head coach Marcus Oreo. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Head coach Marcus Arroyo joining yours truly, Russ Langer, along with Caleb Herring, former UNLV quarterback, and Steve Cofield. Marcus Arroyo Marcus Radio Show, that is, rolls on. Uh, Marcus, earlier at the press conference um, a couple of days back, you talked about the possible return of uh, Ricky Johnson. If that is, in fact, uh, going to take place, what, what would that potential impact be as far as the secondary? Well, I think Ricky brings a, you know, he's one of the captains uh, coming into the, coming into the season all the way back from when we first stepped back in the building and together uh, from, from last season there here in January was, was a captain and uh, to have him back uh, after going through the entire off season and spring. And then, you know, unfortunately going out and that beginning of training camp to get back now is a big deal. Um, you know, the emotional piece that he brings to the team um, that the confidence that he's got and his swagger, he brings that position. Now he's going to have, He's going to get some ground to make up and just kind of get the rust off himself. Um, but, I mean, he's a huge piece of that secondary, as we talked about early on in the season and what we had to do to manipulate, kind of patching some holes and getting some, and getting some more reps in with some of these other guys and moving some guys around. Um, it's awesome to see him back out there. He was out there the last couple of days and he out there a little bit last week. Um, great to see him out there today in pads and getting after it. What other uh, injury updates do we have? I know there's a, a host of guys that are day-to-day, week-to-week. What else is going on on the injury front? Yeah, so I mean, it's some of the catalysts, obviously, they're huge for you know, obviously offensively. Aiden, Aiden's out there running around again. Um, I hope to have him full strength this week. We'll see how he feels. He's kind of day to day to see how he feels for this week. Um, I'm confident the next week's going to be there, but I got to see how he feels. You know, going at it today, 
with some treatment and then going into the next 48 hours before we get over there on Saturday. So we'll see how he is on fast Friday before we make a determination on Aiden, but he looks, he looks good and excited to be back out there. Kyle Williams is day to day as well. He's been running around. Uh, he ran today. Um, looked good. Doesn't look hundred percent, but I mean, it looks like he's, you know, back to form. He looks at flashes where he looks a hundred. Um, so I think he'll be in good shape. We'll see. That'd be, that'd be a huge bonus. Um, knowing we thought he was going to be a lot worse than it was. Um, who else? Jeff is out there running around. Um, I don't, Jeff won't be here this week, but he's out catching balls and he's in pads and he's doing some stuff, which is really cool, um, to get him out there. because he's just such a huge influence on our team. Uh, Ilial is uh, day to day also, uh, been out moving around today, this week and today. Um, I hope to have him back Saturday for the game. Uh, if he's not, he's definitely back for next week. I'm trying to think who else, man. God, that's a long list. Uh, <laughs> And then Plant we you, was back you, last week. Yeah, I was going to say you did give an update on Rex Goose, and it, it's probably the uh, the end of the season for him because he hurt his left leg. So now Walker Harden goes back in a long snapper, and and he's he's got yep. experience. He got to play last year and the beginning of this year. Yeah, yeah. Walker was start was was started for us in the beginning of the season. Uh, did a nice job last season, also, but unfortunate to have Rex out. Uh, but Walker's done a good job. He's developed actually during the during the season too, in our times and what we've done in practice. So we we, we obviously. Uh, we chart everything that everybody does and their, their, their principle and what they do in regards to timing is huge. We're able to see that and give some real good feedback. So we feel good about uh, Walker getting back in there. So th- that long list of guys that was out, obviously, for the Notre Dame game, uh, gave an opportunity for some guys in that big uh, environment and, and that kind of competitive atmosphere to make a name for themselves and to, and to throw their name in the hat for more reps going forward, namely Courtney Reese, uh, Darius Johnson, obviously on the defensive line as well. What did those guys do to take advantage of that opportunity in Notre Dame? And how did you assess the way they fought um, in relief duty in, in, in such an atmosphere? Well, I mean, that was the that was kind of the, the, the messaging going in, right, was you're going to go to a great place and, and a place you could talk about for a long time. Now, the better part of that story will be going there is a great time. Playing there is a better story. So those guys have a great example of, of taking the messaging and taking that reality and saying, hey, you know what, I, I'm excited about playing here. I'm going to take in this this whole atmosphere that that everyone magnifies so much. It's really hard to ignore that noise sometimes and the distraction, which is okay. I thought they did a great job, and then they went out and played well. Um, I told Courtney, man, Courtney, I mean Courtney and Darius and and those guys that had to play in the game that had a backup role and come in and Jordan Humphrey and and uh, and contribute to to fighting no matter regardless of what's going on and, and competing, man, was really good to see. And I think. You know, the, the, over, the underlying deal, the whole thing there, Caleb, is kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, why does the infectiousness of someone coming back who has so much reps in chemistry affect the team when they come back? Like, Doug, well, something like that is big because Jordan and, and, uh, and Courtney and Darius, when they get those type of reps in those environments and they have to compete at that level and they really can get, get going – they shrink the gap between the guys who have the most reps and have that versus them themselves, which you guys are trying to bring along. And so you're always trying to shrink that gap on your team, whether you got to do it with playing time in a given season or over the maturation of your program, that's the goal because then you really start to build up um, the depth on your team. That's got experience. And that's, and that itself is, is invaluable. I mean, look at, Fresno and all the reps those starters and fifth year guys have back and, and, and even San Diego State and all the guys how long they've been in that system and heard it how well they play together and you know the, the Boise cultures and the things like that where they've been together San Jose I mean what Brent's been up there with those guys for the same staff and say those guys have such a continuity they've shrunk the gap on their their programs and their depths 
and you can see it coming alive. I mean, when we talk about Air Force, God, that's a given. But um, and and I say that I say that I all do it with with a ton of respect, and and it, not just them; it's all over the country. I just admit, just because we're in their conference, um, and that's it. So those guys did a fantastic job, man. It was it was awesome to see those guys compete. Just really quick, I wanted to touch on something about the actual game and the X's and O's of it. Something that came to mm-hmm. me as I was watching from the press box with the the benefit of replay and and our in house feed up in the press box. Um, the special teams unit obviously uh, had a rough day with the two block punts. Um, yep. But my my question, I guess, is about the adjustments in game that you're able to make on such a special group. Like they're out there for one play at a time. It, it's really hard to communicate the details of what they're doing. Schematically, that's causing a problem for you guys. Um, what tools are available for you on the sideline? And, I mean, you know, the NFL has the tablets on the sideline where they can get a snapshot of, hey, yeah. this is the look they're yeah. giving us. But yeah. for special teams especially, how hard is it to make in-game adjustments to shore up some technical difficulties on the special teams unit? Well, it, it, it's it's hard. Now, that's not I'm what we that was catastrophic to what we do, and we, we take full responsibility. That staff, we've got to we can't let you can't let two block punts happen, um, and and they know that, and our team knows it, and our coaches know it. It's it's that just can't happen. And to to your point, to get down how that all works out, the one thing that makes it hard number one about special teams is you've got both both offense and defensive players on the teams. So if you want to get the guys who are on punt for that punt and get them all together in the sideline, you may not be able to do it because some of them may be out there now on offense or defense or PAT field goal. And so you're getting these guys in waves, right? So we're, you know, and, and so then you've got coach bomb, coach boom, bomb gun, our special corner trying to grab pieces of guys. He's getting the information from the top. Cause un- unfortunately, like, you know, we had in the NFL, you got a tablet with a picture of it. He's taking information now from the top, from the coach who's like, all right, draw. Here's the formation. Draw this. They brought this here, that there. Show everybody. And, you're, and, and so there's a – that's what we talk about. The, 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 the ability to communicate is so big. You have to get all that done. Like you said, Caleb, as you're watching from upstairs, you're watching it with, a, with obviously an um, you know, experienced lens. All that's happening in minutes, seconds, right, because – we're going. Those guys are back on the field the next play. They're back in here. They're, it could come up and, you know, but you could be back in a punt formation again in the next whatever, 15, 10 plays, and you got to get that all calculated. So, um, you know, we, we, we got to fix the thing, obviously, in the third one, which is which is which just can't happen. Um, but there's a lot of communication there. There's a lot of things that have to go, that have to be right and have to have a ton of organization and really good eyes and, and competence on on both players and coaches. And we'll take one other time out and come back with a lot more of head coach Marcus Arroyo. Winter approaching, and soon it'll be time to fire up the furnace in your home. Give the Yes Man a call to get your system tuned up. Call Yes Air Conditioning and Plumbing at 702-888-4937, or visit them at www.theyesmancan.com, theyesmancan.com, to set up an appointment right away. A lot more with head coach Marcus Arroyo coming right after this timeout. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Rebel fans, it's time for the coaches' look ahead, uh, presented by Pueblo Medical Imaging. All right, Coach San Diego State Aztecs, one of those names in the Mountain West that is oh too familiar. Um, especially when we're talking about the defensive side of the ball, that's pretty much where they've made their money for the past I don't know how long. But this defense has has been holding them together, so to speak, throughout this season as they figure things out offensively. What is it about this defense? that you think is so difficult for offenses to overcome? 
Well, I mean, number one, they play with that same, you know, Rocky instilled that defense, um, you know, years ago when he first got there, that three, three, five defense is still there. Um, it's all, it is always a pain as we've, as we've talked about before playing the New Mexico's and, and playing, playing these guys, uh, present some different issues than many. Um, and they do a nice job with it. There's a, there's a continuity about them knowing the ins and outs of it. Uh, there, there's obviously the, uh, the cultivation of really good recruits and players that they plugged into what they know works in that defense and they play well and they play hard and they're physical and, uh, they do a nice job. And so. Um, you put all the things together and, and you usually got a, a formidable defense and we know we've got a handful going down. I know you haven't been able to, to follow them like we have from, you know, your, your heads in the sand dealing with what you got going on as a program, but it's been an up and down season for San Diego State, which is something that most people haven't been familiar with. They're always one of the more consistent teams. So this year was kind of a, a, a weird year for them. Um, have you ever been in a situation um, where you're finding your identity as the season goes, and then all of a sudden it clicks. Because that's kind of what it seems like has happened for San Diego State with the adjustments they've made on the offensive side where things have started to fall into place and they're rounding into form right as things get get tough or right in the thick of it at the end of the season. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you do this long enough, you're going to have seasons like that where it takes a minute either, you know, um, you know, where you got something going early and, and, and you got to get it back together or you or you start to click late, um, albeit, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times it does happen because, you know, one of the catalysts at the primary positions, either down the middle of the offense or defense, really starts to uh, come together, quarterback or your running back starts really playing well or you got your passing game all of a sudden goes to the roof because of a, you know, you've got the dominant trait comes back outside or your center comes back or the mic or safety that usually you, you, one of your guys starts to really develop in the heart of your, of, of one side or the other. And so I think that, you know, and that'll happen for sure when you end up clicking with, with the quarterback, right? I mean, you just end up getting the guy who touches the ball every single down ends up doing a good job. I mean, it, it pays dividends. So uh, they did a nice job. They're, they're trying to find out what they do and they did night. They've done a nice job here up to this point, putting it together. You mentioned the quarterback uh, being one of those positions that can swing things. And it was in the form of finding a defensive player that can get the job done. Jalen Maiden for San Diego state, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, putting things together from the quarterback position. How? What was that like? Trying to scrounge up some film on him, or or learning what he's all about. Well, I know that that's the that's that's a that's a the story that's uh that makes it that makes everyone go whoa early safety. But Jay, you got to go back. Jalen was a recruited quarterback and was a really good high school quarterback and athlete that was recruited to a to to, to some premier schools and had many opportunities. And so being a quarterback's not foreign to him. He just was an athlete that a couple of school, different schools put it probably a different position and slotted him to do something else because maybe they had one. Uh, it, albeit even San Diego State thought they had one. Well, they get some injuries and now, and they need something going. And then you got to look around and go, hey, who else do we got on here that, that we feel could play the position? Well, you got one guy who's put, been an athlete for and played the position really well at some point in his life, and obviously not too long ago. So um, he does a fantastic job to know – what he brings to the table, all you gotta do is turn the tape on and watch how his size and athleticism, his poise, um, you know, and, and threw the ball really well last week. So we know he can beat you with his arm. And then obviously with the run pass option that he brings to the table as a, with what they do, um, we gotta be on, we gotta be on all, all our game. Just uh, following up on that, Coach, with regard to Jalen Maiden, you, you mentioned the run-pass option. You mentioned his ability to throw. Is there one aspect between the between what you've mentioned there that stands out, or is he just an equally balanced threat? 
No, I mean, you got to give him credit on both sides. I mean, you watched him throw the ball, so, uh, you know, really, really efficiently uh, last week. You watch him when he takes off running on some of those ones where it's designed for him on either a zone read or a quarterback run or RPO system, and and that's there. And he looks like he looks like a big running back. So uh, I don't think you can discount anything he does. Um, and, and not to mention, I just saw the way he, his demeanor was in the game. If you're watching it from from the perspective I am, his demeanor in a game is something that really stands off to me. He's got, looks like he's calm, poised, and, and that's a, and that's a big, big attribute. Making that transition. I know you have players on your roster that, um, obviously killing Ahi, Mineola Jensen, switching from receiver to, to defense uh, in the secondary, but that transition happened in the off season. How difficult is it to pull that trigger as a coaching staff in the middle of the season when things are, are, you know, obviously in a little bit of a tough spot for a team. How difficult is it for that player to, to be asked to make that transition? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that, that's really hard. I mean, I, again, praise to, to, uh, for, to the Stafford for their, for their outlook on it and to be able to pull, pull, to pull that trigger and say, you know what, we're going to do it. We're going to go with it. And then to, to obviously to, uh, to Jalen for his, his ability to say, you know what, I want to switch colors in my jersey here in practice and we're going to roll. I mean, you know, I don't think it's happened very often. I don't know. You know, I think Taysom Hill over there was a guy who was playing, I think, on offense. I don't know if he played any defense, you know, at one point. But, you know, the last guy to play really a whole bunch of different spots like that, if you've seen, it was that. It reminds me a little bit of that situation, you know, still plays, you know, a little bit everywhere. I don't know if he was on the other side of the ball. But um, there's not many you see like that, as we all know. And, and again, hats off to them and, and, and him, him for doing that. Head coach Marcus Arroyo, UNLV football talk right here, along with Caleb Herring and Steve Cofield. We'll be back with our final moments with the coach. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Head coach Marcus Arroyo joining us, the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. Russell Langer here with Steve Cofield and Caleb Herring. Rebels are teeing it up this Saturday in San Diego against the Aztecs of San Diego State. Four o'clock kickoff. Each team is four and four. Coach, you had an opportunity to watch this team. You know, obviously the Fresno State game was during your bye, so a good game to watch. Obviously, two upcoming opponents going at it. Um, but how have you seen, based on the All-22 film that you've been able to watch from their week one to now, um, how have you seen this team evolve offensively San Diego State and how has that evolution helped or, or hurt your efforts or, or your scheme against them well I mean I don't know how tough sort of we haven't, obviously haven't played this yet obviously but I think that they do a nice job what they've done is they've built it around the quarterback and and I think uh you know they they put together a scheme that that fits what they need to do with their personnel their wide receivers their running back their line their quarterback and um, they've settled in and, and try to give them something that can be uh efficient move the ball effectively be hard on the opponent and uh, and again, if they're you know if they're attributing to any type of style in regards to the whole program and their defense collectively, um, you know they're a team that wants to that wants to play hard in the trenches and, and run the football and be physical because on defense they want to stop the run and, and put you in negative plays with that defense and and, and shorten the game at times. Um, and so I think that they're they're playing off each other and they're playing they're playing good football. You mentioned earlier and just. Talking about Jaden Laney, you talked about the ability to see his composure and some of those intangible attributes um, from watching. I'm assuming that was from watching the live version of the game, watching actual television copies um, that give you a little bit more of that information than the All-22. How beneficial is that to be able to watch that 
that game instead of just watching him on a film clip or, or something like that. And you mentioned it along the lines of recruiting as well, where it was it's right. beneficial to right. see them exactly. live in action. Exactly. You know, I, I think that that's, that's just the luxury. Obviously, you get a chance to watch something live or you get to watch a TV version and see some things that, you know, sometimes us coaches are – I mean, you get nothing anybody. Take anybody can see it. It's just if you're actually looking for it and, and, and really that sunk into it. Um, you can just see little things in between shots, in between, you know, plays that on a TV live copy where the, where the camera's on that's not cut like our film or you don't get to see those certain things. They're all edited out because we're really trying to get down to just schematics. So um, it's good to see that, you know, good to see the poise. And, and you can see it sometimes in teams. You can see it in the, uh, collectively in coaching staff. You can see – how sometimes the, the DNA of a team works together and ebbs and flows off each other. And um, sometimes those are important to see, kind of see if they've got, you know, what kind of culture and what kind of, what kind of esteem they've got in their locker room. This game is a big game, right? Uh, both teams coming in 4-4 four and four overall, 2-2 two and two in the conference. A lot at stake uh, from the outside looking in, obviously. Um, internally, for your goals and for everything you have in front of you for the rest of the season, how big is this game? And is there any added emphasis that you're giving to the players? Or is it, hey, business as usual, let's put the work in? No, I don't, it's not. It, we, again, we're not getting too far out. We got to go. We've got to get back on track. And I think we've talked about that a little bit. Getting back on track has to do also we get our roster back together. It's got the most reps um, and getting guys healthy and getting back out there. And to get back on track isn't just going to happen by saying, hey, all right, guys are back. And we got and on a piece of paper says these guys are back in the lineup. You got to go back and you got to be good on first and second down. You got to take care of the football. You got to be explosive. You got to continue to be really good in pass efficiency. You got to stop the run. You got to get the turnovers you started with, leading the conference in on defense. You got to do well on the on the special teams unit and tackling and not having uh, explosive plays on the other side. All the things that put us in those and, and have kept us again. We're still, you know, in, in, a, in a good spot uh, statistically and where we want to be in the conference for some of our goals. But the but will put us at the top in the beginning parts of the season. Number one, the roster. Number two is the ability to do things that win a game. And I think that that is by far the only thing we're focused on. We've got to do a good job um, playing together, playing on a string, doing things that are complementary football to each other. Uh, explosive plays on offense, stopping explosive and taking care of the ball getting the ball away, stopping the run, being effective on first and second down on offense, getting off the field on third down on defense. Um, the things that put us in the situation we're in, which is a, a, a big growth and big, a big step for this program. And now we got to go ahead and catapult ourselves into this game um, and, and go out and, and, and do those things to take care of the scoreboard. And before we sign off, a word from Intermountain Healthcare. Hello, Las Vegas. Hello, Sunset Over the Strip. Intermountain Healthcare is here to be part of your Las Vegas life, and they're here to help you live an even healthier one. Intermountain Healthcare, official healthcare partner of UNLV Athletics. Rebels are at San Diego State this Saturday. The next home game is Friday, Friday, November 11th, at Allegiant Stadium against Fresno State. That's a 7.30 kickoff. Get your tickets now at UNLV Tickets. Dot com. Coach, thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Have a good rest of the day. We'll see you guys later. All right. On behalf of Caleb and Steve, Russ Langer saying so long, and we appreciate you joining us for the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show for this week. This is the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. You've been listening to the Marcus Arroyo Show, brought to you by Finley Chevrolet. Finley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dos Equis, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Rebel Sports Network.